Welcome to the Future Is Podcast. We have another special episode from our recent tech forum, Honeywell Beyond. This one's going in depth on how business should prepare their supply chains for the future. We've interviewed with Honeywell Senior Vice President and Chief Supply Chain Officer Torsten Pills, and know he's an expert on all things supply chain. I'm excited for his discussion featuring Udo Lang, President and CEO of Federal Express Logistics, and Nitin Chaudhary, Senior Vice President of Technology from Fresh Direct, a leader in online grocery delivery. So let's listen in. Hello, everyone. I'm Thorsten Pilz, and I'm the Chief Supply Chain Officer here at Honeywell. Thanks for joining me today. And today we're going to talk about supply chain, supply chain preparedness, innovation, and the future of supply chain. And today, I'm very happy. I'm joined by uh, two exceptional leaders who are in the forefront of supply chain innovation. Yeah, first of all, um, welcome Dr. Udo Lange. Udo is uh, the president and CEO of Federal Express Logistics. FedEx uh, Logistics is a large-scale integrated global logistics organization, and they provide um, specialty supply chain solutions, air and ocean uh, cargo solutions, all the way to trade, customs, and managed transportation solutions. So Udo has uh, more than 20 years of experience um, in the international trade. So second, uh, Nitin Chaudhary, he is the senior vice president of technology from FreshDirect. FreshDirect is a leading online grocer. Um, Nitin um, has an almost 17-year career in technology leadership at FreshDirect, and he has led um, the expansion of the end-to-end on-demand delivery, as well as uh, FreshDirect supply chain innovations. And with an almost 20 years history, FreshDirect is one of the earliest online grocery delivery services in the US, and they were always ahead of their time. So both of them have changed the market and they have seen many changes as well during that time. So thank you both for being here today. And I suggest we just um, dive right in. So what are the lessons learned in supply chain due to the pandemic? And what effect has that had on your vision of supply chain of the future? So what changes are you seeing? Udo, what do you think? Yeah, first of all, really appreciate that you have us here, Thorsten, and, and welcome to Nitin, of course, as well. Great, great to be with two of such exceptional leaders here today on the chat. I think uh, fundamentally, the number one thing we all learned is business continuity planning is critical. I have to say, I'm so impressed with my team. We actually had a pretty solid business continuity plan. And we were able to move uh, within a very short time, 4,000 people into a work from home environment when the pandemic actually hit us globally in 31 countries. And uh, that was because we had a strong BCP. So my learning out of that was actually, um, we took a study from McKinsey uh, who was about BCP and I asked my team, okay, this was a pandemic, but whatever else could happen, are our uh, processes solid enough? And uh, McKinsey, I think, had six dimensions. And our, our team actually found two more which are relevant for our business. And we went through all our businesses and, and are ratcheting up our BCP among all areas. Um, the second thing then, of course, on the, on the supply chain side, uh, the global and domestic impacts are, are massive. I think what we are all seeing now in global air freight was valley capacity disappearing. And then on the other hand, on ocean freight, with container shortages and in both areas driving markets to unbelievable heights, uh, that, that is uh, uh, very challenging and we all need to manage that. And then if you think about the domestic market, of course, uh, uh, e-commerce is, is exploding. 
So at uh, FedEx in July of 2019, we anticipated e-commerce volume would double from 50 to 100 million packages by 2026. And now the market is actually expected to hit that mark already in 2023. And now think about that uh, in combination with the labor shortages that we all uh, are facing right now with increasing labor rates. So uh, it is a super challenging environment. I think then, as you said, Thorsten, there's a lot to learn from COVID-19. Nitin, do you have a, do you have a perspective on that? I do, uh, Thorsten, and thank you. Uh, and Dr. Udo, it's a pleasure uh, to share uh, the stage today with you virtually. Um, so as we were uh, confronting uh, the public health crisis uh, with COVID-19, uh, we rightly first uh, concentrated on ensuring employee safety uh, and supporting our local communities. So um, you know, with us being in the, um, the e-commerce grocery space, uh, the first lesson that we learned was, you know, how do we make our supply chain more resilient? Um, the cost of network risk and uh, investing uh, in flexible networks and, and building buffers that can help us quickly adjust in times of stress. The second um, investment that we uh, started making was uh, on advanced analytics uh, and decision support system to improve supply forecast accuracy. Um, we invested in real-time information on production and external demand and insight generated by advanced analytics. The third one was uh, around predictive intelligence so that we don't miss or ignore uh, stress signals. Um, the fourth one was how do we stress test our supply chain and uh, you know, conduct fire drills? And the last one was you know, how do we look at the pace of scalability and adaptability uh, in our supply chain? So these were all the lessons learned that we took. And the idea was to invest in technology from a digital collaboration standpoint, on real-time network visibility standpoint, and how do we then take that and continue to invest in network agility? Okay, makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think we share um, very similar experiences. Um, but let's dig a little deeper here. Um, did you see any shifts in uh, consumer behaviors or even expectations? And did this lead to changes in, let's say, service level performance or metrics or KPIs? So from my perspective, you know, COVID has changed consumer behavior. Um, and many of the uh, longer term changes are still being formed. So it's giving us a nice opportunity to shape what the next normal is. So behavior changes in terms of shopping and consumption. Um, surge in e-commerce uh, is bringing tremendous focus um, in uh, the digital experience for both web and mobile. Uh, consumers are buying more essentials uh, from a non-perishable groceries, household and cleaning supplies, um, larger basket sizes um, on uh, the e-commerce side. Uh, preference on trusted brands um, is there. This whole idea around the immediacy of getting something faster uh, to the consumer and bringing them closer uh, to the supply chain. A tremendous focus and acceleration on automation uh, to reduce the cost of fulfillment and how do we take on and optimize the last mile delivery. So those are all the, the key focuses that are there. Uh, in terms of KPIs, um, all the important KPIs that we used to track in the past in terms of efficiency, packs per hour, deliveries per hour, satisfaction KPIs from a consumer standpoint, you know, what the perfect order rate, NPS, um, supply chain KPIs, out of stock, vendor scorecards, uh, but the most important KPI, uh, I would say that has boiled you know, to the top 
is how do we measure and quantify resilience in our supply chain network? And how do we think about the business continuity matrix with a different lens altogether? Yeah, I, I can fully agree with what, with Nitin, what you all said. I think that was an excellent, excellent recap. And if you look at our business, of course, we are in the middle of it. And uh, it's for us, it's a peak on top of a peak. It's the largest peak in FedEx history with massive volumes to manage. And uh, when I look at my distribution centers in some of them, uh, we, of course, seeing, seeing record volumes. And uh, depending on where you are in the pandemic, it's different. So if you think about the early days, people needed to work from home. So the demand for laptops was massive or people needed more toilet paper or sanitizers because they were worried. So it ebbs and flows a little bit. Then maybe in the early days, uh, automotive was a little bit slower and now it's, it's picking up again. So it's just looking at it through um, a, a different times of, of society. The enterprise delivered actually almost 500 million packages in peak and had 19% year-over-year average daily volume growth. That's just phenomenal. And of course, with that, uh, our key indicator is, is on-time performance and understanding in our business on-time performance and uh, on a granular level, which levels uh, on lanes uh, do we have challenges, which nodes maybe are challenged. So uh, how can we... Uh, takes this massive search and, and work with our customers, but also look at our service levels to really deliver that purple promise experience for our customer while we have these uh, unprecedented volumes. I think that's that's interesting perspective. Um, you know, we always look at, uh, at metrics, KPIs, we try to measure everything. Um, but what do you... How do you feel about relationships in supply chain? Do they still play a role or is that over? Is Do numbers now dominate everything? So on, on my side, I think actually uh, it's more important than ever. And uh, I would like to talk about a macro and a micro level. So you, you of course, know FedEx is in the middle of the uh, vaccine distribution. And well, the relationships that we have with the healthcare providers and the uh, U.S. government to make this happen. It's just that is critical. Otherwise, this massive distribution volume would, not, would have never been able. And uh, I think we are, we are all doing really great there. And we are delivering vaccines, related ingredients and supplies to 25 countries. And now we recently began delivering critical aid, including a thousand oxygen concentrators to India. This is probably among the most important work in the history of our, our company. And then if you think about the micro level, because it's so challenging, as we all called it out, the relationship with the customers is absolutely critical. We need to understand what are really the needs of the customer. And the customer, we need to educate them more. What are the challenges that we face in our networks, in our distribution centers, around pay, and, and so, and you need to have an open dialogue because there's so many levers you can pull. The levers will be different customer by customer. And so I think if this gets into an adversarial situation, you will not get to good solutions. So the relationship is so critical to, to manage jointly through this tremendous complexity that is here to stay for quite some time still. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you uh, more. Uh... You know, when I talk about and think about the numbers and the agreements, from a seller standpoint, you know, it's always great to gain a level of commitment for that ongoing business. And from a buyer standpoint, you know, it's the reliable source of supply. 
But with COVID-19, it created such a disruption um, that supplier relationships became far more important and consumer relationships became far more important. Um, when I think about and go back to the March of uh, 2020, uh, when New York uh, was experiencing uh, one of the worst um, you know, crisis from a COVID perspective, we put a lot of special emphasis over years on the depth of our strategic relationships with suppliers. And it's like farmers, you know, CPG manufacturers, distributors and stuff. And we really saw that you know, come to fruition you know, last March. We as a company um, decided to um, embark on two programs. One is Operational Five Borough which was to deliver hundreds of meals every day to people who are struggling with food insecurity, partnering with New York Common Pantry to raise funds and providing our logistics assets uh, to help the hungry New Yorkers. Our suppliers, uh, based on the relationships, came to us and said, you know, how can we help? You know, these were telling times and these were really tough times. But each of the manufacturers and distributors in terms of partnering with us on, on providing the free food leveraging fresh direct logistics assets uh, we were able um, to uh, really take on on these programs and that does not happen without the relationship so relationship is in my opinion is the most important vehicle uh, for us to move forward beyond numbers and agreements now um let's switch topics a little bit what do you think is um currently going on in terms of automation what is the role of automation and um what role does human, do humans still play in the future of supply chain? So I, I think innovation will be very critical for both the transportation side as well as within the four walls, so, the, so to say the distribution centers. So on the transportation side, we actually believe that 23 to 25 will be an absolutely uh, breakout year for autonomous vehicles uh, in, in the whole industry. If you then go into the distribution centers, you have uh, different dynamics there. Uh, on, on the one hand, of course, it's critical how long is the contract term view of the customer. And uh, if they uh, are still short, then automation is more difficult from a return on investment. If they get longer, it's easier to make it work. And of course, the more automation cost goes down, uh, that also gets easier. And then um, on the other hand, of course, you have these dramatic surge in wages. And that, of course, makes automation, again, more attractive. So I actually believe in the in the long run, in the environment that we are, um, there's a very, very strong future for automation. And uh, I think it's it's just fascinating to see the product suite of, of Honeywell uh, in that space. Yeah, I agree. I think automation uh, plays a key role in the future of fulfillment, especially when uh, we talk about grocery, where there are pressures on margin. Uh, we see huge scope in lowering the cost of fulfillment by driving automation. Uh, whether we think about um, a large distribution center uh, delivering e-commerce fulfillment, or whether we think about uh, a micro-fulfillment center uh, delivering on-demand experience, it is important to choose the right automation solution, uh, which can deliver and scale uh, the business model uh, is resilient and modularized. The key in terms of integration uh, with the hardware from a robotic standpoint and the software solution platform uh, that is equipped with decision intelligence and advanced analytics is, is very, very important. Uh, it's about striking the right balance, uh, the cost of labor uh, with the cost of automation and how automation can continue to scale as the cost of automation continues to go, go down. 
the role of human, uh, in my opinion, will pivot uh, in maintaining these solutions uh, from an automation perspective. Uh, more automation engineers, uh, AIML uh, uh, engineers, uh, who will help us um, you know, generate insights. And then humans, from a management perspective, will help drive the decisions based on the insights that these systems will provide. So that's interesting perspective. But now let's take it even um, another level up. So what about um, really advanced uh, things like um, advanced analytics, decision intelligence? What do you think? Where, where are we now and how important will this become in the, in the near future? So from a technology perspective, uh, I think um, there is a lot of um, innovation uh, that is happening uh, in the space of decision intelligence and analytics. Um, when we talk about uh, demand planning and forecasting, uh, when we talk about um, uh, the supplier uh, reliability uh, and accuracy and predicting that, uh, the postponement techniques uh, that we can have, uh, vendor management and sourcing, um, omni-channel, uh, you know, inventory visibility, fulfillment, labor management, and so much more. So there is a lot of scope um, that we see uh, where uh, these different processes uh, are going to be driven um, by a, a robust uh, decision management system. Um, and, and that's where uh, you know, this becomes far more important uh, in the supply chain space, uh, both from a vendor and consumer perspective. I think, Nitin, you, you hit the nail on the head. So um, the, the combination on our side of sensor-based logistics and artificial intelligence is absolutely vital for the future. Uh, in addition to that, uh, let's also look at blockchain. Um, so if you think about blockchain, what containerization did for the material flow of goods, blockchain will actually do for the information flow and will be really revolutionary. So we believe uh, that the combination of, of blockchain, artificial intelligence, and sensor-based logistics actually will be the, the, the critical uh, developments out there. And if you just think about our vaccine distribution, why is it so effective? Because it's a combination of FedEx uh, surround, which is sensor-based logistics with uh, artificial intelligence. And we are now actually in a proof of concept to combining that also with, with, with uh, uh, blockchain concepts there. So, um, so I think there's a, there's a very uh, interesting and, and bright future ahead of us. Yeah, that's interesting. So we are, we are at the beginning, but it uh, looks like um, it's going to be very, very interesting to watch how, to, how this evolves over time, over the next couple of years. Um, if you think about um, logistics in general, and if you think about the scale of, of certain businesses, what, what are challenges around scaling? And how does a business get to scalable, but at the same time, short and simple? So um, we look at it from basically two different angles. One is a, a transportation network type business, and the other one is a location distribution center business. So in the network business, uh, scale is extremely uh, closely connected to volume. So, but then how do you manage that volume on lanes and in nodes? And how do you optimize that in pre-on carriage uh, terminal handling in the main, main hall in the distribution and, and all of that? So it's really the combination of uh, scaling your network with a with volume. Then in the distribution centers, uh, it's different. Their scale is actually achieved through process standardization, automation, and then having uh, logistics parks where you're also in a local market. 
can uh, can leverage uh, labor across several several sites. So, and I think it's just understanding what is the scale uh, um, methodology for each of these businesses. But uh, automation is critical in all of them to make scale work. As we think about um, the consumer expectation of getting the supply chain closer and closer to the, the, the consumer, and how can we deliver uh, goods to consumer in an on-demand fashion, we look at it in the same two approaches uh, that Dr. Hugo mentioned. Uh, one is, how do we think about uh, the last mile delivery network? And how do we optimize that through our uh, delivery assets and also leverage, leveraging third-party delivery assets who can help us gain the efficiencies that we are looking to gain um, is one aspect of it. And then the second one is the cost of fulfillment. And how can we scale the business by delivering and opening uh, these micro-fulfillment centers uh, in a hub-and-spoke model uh, where the hubs are still going to be the large fulfillment centers, uh, but the spokes are going to be these network of micro-fulfillment centers which are closer to the consumer and get replenished by the larger hubs where they aggregate um, the, uh, the um, inventory coming from suppliers uh, to replenish these. And automation, um, you know, process standardization, uh, labor management, um, a lot of uh, technology uh, that will help us drive um, these um, two aspects are going to be the key uh, for future. And that's the only way uh, we can scale uh, our business. Okay, so that was that was very very interesting. So I think that uh, that brings us to the end of our our session today. So Udo uh, Nitin, thank you very much for joining me uh, today. It was fascinating to uh, have this discussion with you, and I look forward to collaborating with both of you in the in the next couple of weeks and months and years to come. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Future Is. If you're a fan of our conversations exploring the future of industries and technologies, then leave us a five-star review where you get your podcasts. And if you're interested in hearing more about technologies and trends impacting multiple industries, join our Honeywell Beyond Tech Forum at Honeywell.com.